We got it. Okay, we got it. The family I grew up in, we never heard the word divorce. Two of my sisters got divorced. First one divorced by a pastor that left her and four kids reeling. My, that hurt. As I look back, I'd have to say life is tougher than I thought it was going to be. Anybody feel the same way? I mean, you're young, but in, your, in, in my young life, as I, as I see what I've been through, I'd say life is tougher. <coughs> I want to ask you a question. Is crying hard for you? Is weeping easy for you? How many find it really hard to, to weep? How many find it real easy to weep? How many are kind of in the middle there, middle ground? <clears throat> There's a reason that Jesus said, blessed are those who... Why do you think he said that? Think of who he is. He's the happiest person that ever lived, but at the same time, he's a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. Isn't that interesting? He's acquainted with grief. He's acquainted with your grief. There are tears you haven't shed that need to be shed. There are lessons you need to learn. And so we're going to talk tonight about grief and comfort, not a subject that we take a lot of time to talk about. I don't know if our culture is good at it. I suspect that it's not as good as other cultures in giving expression to the grief that's within us. And so we tend to avoid grief where Jesus, the Holy Spirit, and the Father invite us to enter into it. And the Word of God invites us to enter into it by saying, rejoice with those who rejoice, and, yeah. So, so it calls us. And Paul, Paul says in 1 Corinthians 12, if one suffers, what does it say? Isn't that incredible? If one is suffering here, then we suffer with you. That's New Testament Christianity. And so I'm going to uh, lead off, and then my wife is going to share uh, some, uh, something more personal about what we experienced and what she's been through. Uh, pardon and honey you give them again you give them again because that'll bring it home honey that just shows that we're one yes indeed I'm proud of her and uh, we have we have a wonderful wonderful time together and a wonderful family and yet in the midst of it there's a lot of tears a, there's a lot of things worth crying about. There's a lot that's happened in your life that's worth crying about. And the better we know one another, the more we're able to weep with one another. So I just want to stop now and pray. Father, would you allow us to learn how to enter into the sorrows of one another? Allow us to, to grieve with those who grieve. As I say that, uh, one of the things that has brought this about is that we're grieving with our brother Ben and Sarah, who lost their child. And so we've been grieving with them. My wife has been grieving much more than I have because she knows more what that means. So she's spent a lot of time just crying. What's the purpose in that? I'll tell you there's a big purpose. Because God grieves. Let me tell you about your God says in Isaiah 63, in all their affliction, he was afflicted. Your affliction says something to heaven, and it causes a response in heaven, positive or negative. It says in Ephesians 4.30, do not grieve the Holy Spirit. We can cause grief to the Holy Trinity. 
God is a grieving God. God is a suffering God. And God has a predisposition which he comes close to those who are grieving. Isn't that something? When you're grieving, sometimes you feel that God is farther away. In fact, he's no more close to you than he is in your grief. Because it says in Psalm 34, 18, he is near the brokenhearted. And he saves the crushed in spirit. My, how graphic that is. Your spirit gets crushed. And God is right there. He comes near. Now, if it's like God to come near, then it is godly to do that. You understand? You make the transition. So I want to be like God in that situation. So if there's somebody who's crushed in his spirit, then I want to come near. A pastor friend who was wiser than I said, Paul, I'd encourage you to be with people at their high points and their low points. Well, this was a low point for our brother. And so we wanted to do what we could, and we want you to do what you can just to encourage. If you want to bring food, you can bring food. Bring it here. Bring it to their house. If you bring it here, we'll, we'll see that it gets over to them because they're in a time of grief. We wish we knew you better so that we could grieve with you and rejoice with you. And that's a part of being the body of Christ. When Stephen was stoned, it says in Acts 8-2 that disciples uh, laid him to rest and then they mourned deeply. Now, why would they mourn if he's already seen Jesus? He saw him as he was being stoned. I see Jesus. And how did he see him? What does it say? He's standing. He wasn't seated. He's seated at the right hand of the Father, it says in Hebrews. Somehow, he, Jesus, I, I don't know if he was so impressed. It seems that he was ready to, to, to bring his brother home. And so he stood to, re- to welcome him. So Stephen's in a good place. And they mourn greatly. See, grief is important. It is essential. It is not peripheral to faith. Blessed are those who mourn. Not to mourn when there are things worth mourning about. We're going to miss the essence of it in our own life and in others. So I pray for a release tonight of mourning as we talk about this and then as we pray together. A couple other scriptures about God mourning. Judges 10, 16 says that (coughs) he could bear it no longer. He was so connected to his people This is God. It sounds like a mother, like a father, but it's God. He could bear their their rebellion and their their suffering as a result of their sin. It it just was too much for him. Picture God. I can't take anymore. So he, he brings redemption. Psalm 147 says that he heals the brokenhearted. He binds up their wounds. Now those are wounds in the heart. So he comes to us when our heart has been broken. God is concerned about the things that break your heart. He's concerned about the relationships that end in, in, in a way that crushes you. And he wants to heal your heart at that point. And my wife has often quoted this scripture, that he carries our tears in his bottle. What's that about? I, very, I don't have any idea. But something about God uh, taking to himself our tears and collecting them. They yeah. 
He knows our tears. He knows, he knows uh, what we've cried. Thank you, Karen. So let's think for a moment now about Jesus. When did he weep? Think of times that he, he uh, specifically wept. He wept for the sisters of Lazarus and for Lazarus, knowing that he was going to raise him. Why did he waste the tears? Because it's important to weep. It's important to express sorrow, not to keep it inside and be tough, not to think it's not okay. It's an emotion. It, it finds expression. It needs to be expressed. And it's not contrary to joy. Because Jesus comes into Jerusalem and he is very happy. They are rejoicing with him. And the Pharisees try to shut it down. And he said, if they weren't shouting, the rocks would shout. This is a day to shout. And he's receiving the praise of the people. He's very happy. Is he sad? Yes, he's very sad. He's weeping over Jerusalem. So there's sometimes I see that in a funeral where there are people that are very sad and they start laughing. It seems inappropriate. No, it isn't. Because those emotions, pu the pure weeping, the pure joy, they're, they're two sides of the same uh, coin. And so here is Jesus weeping with Lazarus. When else did he weep? He wept in the garden. My, did he struggle. With I don't know. He was crying out from the cross. It doesn't, I, I don't think it says that he was, he was weeping, but he, he, uh, he, he struggled in the garden, sweat, drops of blood, and he's the one who said, blessed, blessed are you that mourn. And he had words of those who, di who didn't mourn. It's like a curse. If you can't, it can't mourn. There, there's something that needs to uh, be released. And he's called the one who is acquainted with grief. Jesus, you are acquainted with our grief. You're acquainted with my grief. Isn't that comforting to you that Jesus knows the places of discomfort in your life, the places of, of uh, feelings of rejection. No one was rejected more than Jesus. If you've been rejected, it, it, this is not to uh, lighten or trivialize how you've been rejected, but it's not anywhere near how Jesus was rejected. You've been despised. No one has been more despised than Jesus. He goes lower than you are, so he can lift you up. He can heal the wounds in your heart, and it's okay to have them because Jesus is going to heal them. One day weeping will end. So go ahead and weep now. Because God will wipe away every tear. And there will be no weeping in heaven. And so what I get from that is I want to weep more. Because this is my only chance to weep. I don't get to weep in heaven. We won't have to weep in heaven. There will be no more pain, no more sorrow, no more tears. He will dry them from our eyes. So let's do it now. So I'm going to turn over to my wife, but I want to say to you, you can weep. I release those things that are inside. I release anything that, is, that has been bottled up. Anything where you weren't able to weep, where you were denied that privilege by family members, by parents, by siblings, by people who mocked you, who saw the tears coming, and you closed them down, I pray that those will come. That in the days, the weeks, and the months ahead, that you will learn more about what it means to weep over things in your life worth weeping about, and then you will also translate that into others.
transition and adjustment. You know, they're important, aren't they? Important times. And why do you see this flag? Why do you think I love it so much? It's a wonderful reminder. It's a mystery. Represents the Holy Spirit. We can't see him. But we can feel him. That's huge. The comfort of his Holy Spirit. I wrote down, uh, Ben, our worship warrior took a blow. Picture I had was as we're marching, you know how the word says, put the worshipers out in front. Does the enemy like worship? No. In fact, the enemy hates worship. That would be something the enemy would maybe think of. Take this. The picture I had was that the enemy just. really gave Ben and Sarah a blow, and it affected us. But we, as a body, really didn't know how to respond. If you think of, I thought of at least, a picture of back in California where we're from originally, and even in Japan where I grew up, there were earthquakes. If there is earthquake and we are walking as a band of soldiers and the one in front of us, let's say we are worshiping, falls and there's the earthquake there. We, we wouldn't say, oh, well, just oh, move him aside. Okay. Everything's fine. Let's just keep walking. Let's because Everything isn't fine, and it's okay to say that. It's okay to feel that. I think I grew up for a while. My own mother had gone through divorce, and it was everything within her. Within her. She wanted to keep peace, quiet. Every, oh, let's, no, is everything all right? And uh, then I learned more from my father that it's okay if there's a little conflict, or it's okay to have sorrow and grief. Now this, to me, was a, a huge thing for us as a body, not only here at Communitas, but also at Lydia House. And it brought back memories of Paul and I about 28 years ago uh, when we had a stillborn child that we had prayed for, we had hoped for. When your heart is hopeful, and you you know, thank you, Lord, we're excited. Ben even announced it, didn't you, Ben? The Sunday before, and and right the next day is when you, uh, I think, found out. And it was, it's reeling. It's, it made my head reel. I, I was just stunned, and that is one of the, stages of grief, they say, when you're just stunned, shocked, numb, and those of you that study the facts, the facts are one thing, and then it's another thing to go through the feelings of grief. And uh, thank you, Ben, for, for coming. Um, we didn't even expect that you would come and you led us in worship tonight. It was uh, a very tender time. Uh, I, I was actually listening upstairs. I didn't know if I could handle. I have been um, more of an intercessor in this, and I think since we went through our grief, even though 28 years ago seems like a few years ago, that's what happens when you have a, a big uh, situation, a grief that you go through, whether it's losing maybe a parent, sibling, um, I wrote down here, jobs, in various ways, people will grieve. Now, men and women, of course, will 
grieve differently. And in the case of losing a child, for instance, Sarah and I, we can relate in that the hormones are screaming at you, I'm the mom. That's how God made us. This is our child we've prayed for all these days, weeks, months, hope for, and hope deferred makes the heart sick. We know that verse in Proverbs. Not only makes your heart sick, you can, it, it'll make your heart sad. It'll um, make you wonder. At least I did. I, my uh, life was just rocked in that. I, I did really feel that the rug was pulled from under me, and I didn't know who the Lord was. I said, okay, I, I took my arm, and I, I think I even literally just said, I, I don't know who you are. I, I don't want you to come close. And Jesus, I, I, know, I know from the word, I grew up loving the Lord, that you are loving and kind, but where were you? Were your hands tied behind your back? Were, were you looking the other way? And in my sorrow, I thought, okay, I, I'm not going to just think about myself. What about other people? What about other people that have gone through suffering and pain and you start feeling the burden of the whole world? And Of course, we know who's in charge of the whole world. <laughs> so I had to eventually give that back to the Lord. Okay you can handle it. I don't know all the answers, the whys. But do you think the Lord can, ans uh, ha can handle all the whys that we ask? Why, did, why was David in scripture uh, so free to even pen how he felt? And he was a guy. He wasn't afraid, as Paul's already told us about, uh, you know, being able to cry and shed the tears perhaps you have held I've thought for a long time there's got to be some uh, article written something so that it'll help us who maybe have held on to tears mm -hmm. that were down in our heart that we didn't even realize needed to be cried mm -hmm. I wanted to read from Psalm uh, 116 I was just, it was happened to be in, the, in my daily devotions today, and I had looked at it earlier. Of course, you, if you read in Lamentations, there, there's a lot there were weeping and crying and before the Lord. Psalm 116 says, I love the Lord, for he heard my voice. He heard my cry for mercy. That's a good way to read the word back to the Lord. Okay, Lord. Listen, listen to my cries. Because he turned his ear to me, I will call on him as long as I live. Lord, we do call on you. The next verse, the cords of death entangled me, and anguish, the anguish of the grave came upon me. I remember sitting in a Lenten service soon after we had lost our stillborn, our our baby boy was called Karsten Elias. And I, I could hardly handle it when that verse was read because the cord around the baby's neck was too short. It was around his neck several times. And usually that's that a baby can be born that way. But we didn't know why. And we still don't know why. I was overcome by trouble and sorrow. Then I called on the name of the Lord. Lord, oh Lord, save me. And then the psalm continues on. The Lord is gracious and righteous. Our God is full of compassion. But in the midst of sorrow and pain, what you know in your mind and even what you read might not soak into your heart. So in times like that, we have to look at verses 
where our own hearts condemn us. That was what I was feeling was condemnation, rejection. Lord, why? What is this all about? All those questions. And uh, Ben and Sarah, I, you know, someday you'll be sharing your story. It might be a little bit different even uh, than, that wha than what I'm sharing. But I just wanted to share uh, this too, knowing uh, that different people go through grief in different ways, that it does help us to be sensitive. If you have gone through any kind of sorrow or pain or grief, that you can be careful not to give the pat answers. I, I don't know if you really didn't cover that part, but sometimes people would come to us and say, well, it's okay, you'll have another one, and, and he's in heaven and, and happy. That's true, but it wasn't comforting at that time. Mm -hmm. you know, it doesn't comfort. And what the Holy Spirit has told us is, Paul already read those scriptures, what we are to do is just to give words of comfort and I love and we love you and can we give you a hug and um, it's a good thing to have the body of Christ around you when you're feeling uh, sadness even though you know songs like this world is not my home I'm just a passing through if heaven's not my home then Lord what will I do the angels beckon me from heaven's open doors and I can't feel at home in this world anymore oh Lord you know I have no friend like you if heaven's not my home, then, Lord, what will I do? The angels beckon me from heaven's open doors, and I can't feel at home in this world anymore. Now, if you hear a song like that, and you hear someone that's singing it in just the style it's supposed to be sung, you let the Holy Spirit minister to your heart. The words, you know, yes. We can feel closer to heaven when we felt pain and grief and closer to someone else, being able to comfort someone else. That's what uh, I, I came to when I said, Lord, why? Is it just because, Lord, even though I wasn't really happy with it then and uh, the grief, as they say, time, heals I, I never like that to hear that but as a wound a physical wound will heal eventually you might still have a scar and when there is a physical wound you don't just say, oh if you know depending on if it's a very deep wound someone certainly is not going to just say oh I'll give you a paper towel deal with it and we've got to we've got to look at it tenderly and maybe you might have to have surgery. There's something deep within. That's what's happening to the heart. So thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You deal with our heart wounds. And it's your Holy Spirit that will come and encourage us. Thank you, Father, that you know how to speak to us, that when I had you at arm's distance, eight months later, you allowed us to be expecting again and had the, the child be born on my birthday, <laughs> or, or excuse me, due on my birthday. And actually, I, I, I uh, was so overwhelmed. I thought, well, Lord, well, I, I, I guess you're trying to say you love me and that you want me to accept your love. Yeah, that's what he was trying to say. He knows how to, how to do that. Um, he spoke to me loud and clear. And the way that I was able to start to get healing had to do with the Holy Spirit, of course. When I went down to the ocean...
that was seemed like the only place I had other children and and things were very busy in our house. When I went down to the ocean and saw the waves going back and forth, this vastness, and I would just look out. Lord, I don't know exactly who you are anymore, but I know you from the past, and I know that you're in charge. I know you created the world. And I know, Holy Spirit, you want to comfort me. And so I will open a crack of my heart, and if you want to, you can try. That was very noble of me, wasn't it? And, but that is a start. And so, Lord, tonight, even tonight, if there are tears that need to be shed, either tonight or, or later, Father, I pray that you would allow hearts that have been wounded in, in any way to be healed. And we pray especially, especially, Lord, for Sarah and Ben, that you would heal their hearts. Lord, day by day, Lord, encourage them. Even though there might be some songs that, they can't sing yet. Lord, as they are putting their hope, and as I, I talked with Ben tonight, and he, he said that you, you, Father, are in charge. Those are strong words. Thank you, Lord, that Ben and Sarah are trusting in you, are looking to you, and not grieving like others in the world with no hope. They do have hope, but they also know how to grieve. Thank you, Father, that you, you're giving Sarah times of being able to, to process and journal and write. Thank you, Father. You've given Ben and Sarah time together and uh, that their parents were able to be close to them. Thank you for Aaron. Thank you, Father, for their son Aaron. May he comfort them during this time of grieving. Thank you, Father. You have not abandoned them. You have not abandoned us. You have not rejected them. You have not rejected us. Father, let us be even more alert, Father, in worshiping uh, you and uh, doing battle. We know in the spiritual realm that the Holy Spirit and the angels, they, they do battle. And Jesus, you go ahead and do battle. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. That you will turn Ben and Sarah's sorrow eventually, eventually into joy as we sing songs like that. Holy Spirit, rain down, rain down. I love that song, Father. Holy Spirit, rain down, rain down. So much for the words. We need your touch again, Father. You're, you're the comforter, and we need your touch tonight, Father. Bring your healing. As we've already prayed for healing, Lord, there might be others that need your healing. We thank you, Father, that you are in charge. We look to you. We thank you, Lord, that you are greater than our hearts, our feelings, and what we go through. And we know, Lord, that this earth is not our home but while we are here while we are here Lord we ask you for your help and even though when we sing songs like it is well with my soul and our souls not feeling well you bring that healing you bring that strength thank you Jesus 
So let's do that. Let's let's pray together. Let's have a, a prayer time now. And there there may be those who, as Karen was speaking, saying, "I think I have uh, grief that uh, it may be a present thing that is crushing your heart, or maybe something crushed in the past that that." Uh, needs to be understood more or that you want to open up more for the Holy Spirit to touch you we'll we'll have a time of of prayer so if if you're there if you're saying yes I I need my heart open so that it can uh, properly grieve and we can get around people like that and pray let's uh, raise your hand if, if that's something that would help you tonight to be on the receiving end. If you see a hand go up, uh, and and I hope it's not just girls. I hope it's guys, that guys n- that have been crushed and, uh, and need the comfort of the Lord. So keep your hand up un- until you have a few people around you. Raise, raise your hands up, and uh, we want to we wanna pray that comfort will come into your heart for for losses it could be a, a loss of a loved one it could be a loss of a relationship it could be a loss maybe a loss of a future a financial loss a job loss uh, we pray that the Lord will bring uh, comfort and so uh, we'll pray and then those of you who you've gathered around people uh, you pray and uh, it doesn't have to happen, but I'm saying to you that there's freedom tonight to weep. If you need to weep, uh, I I said to Karen just a few days ago as we've been reflecting on Ben and Sarah's sorrow, I said, I'm sorry, honey, that I did not enter anywhere like you did after we lost our child. That child was nine months. It was ready in two days to or four days to be born. And so it was it was ready to come, except it was dead and uh, so uh, it was a great great shock and I had had to say that I came back to ministry too early I I didn't give enough time to properly grieve and so I apologized to her just this last week for that so we want you to be able in times of grief to to express grief in what ways that are appropriate to you and if that means tonight just feel free to do that father we pray for these now who are going through some kind of sorrow some kind of loss lord we don't take that lightly we don't just say get over it we say to them we with we're with you tonight we stand with you the body of christ stands with you we sorrow with you we uh we're sorry that for what you're going through we're sorry for uh our own uh, weakness and the struggles that happen because we are in this world and so now you you uh, pray for those that you're with
tell you. Oh, yes, I tell my soul it is well. Because what the Lord has done, it is well with my soul. Yes, Lord, yes, Lord. Yes, Jesus loves me. Your will unfolds in my 
welcome you to the disasters inside of us. We welcome you to the issues. We welcome you into our bitterness. We welcome you into our struggles to forgive. We welcome you into our fear, into our anxiety. Come. Come and bring your comfort. We say no to the enemy. Who would bring that fear? If we have gone through anything, the enemy will come and say, yes, something more could happen. Yes, but what about that or this? And bring all sorts of stuff that we don't have to deal with. We do not have to listen to the enemy in all his ways. So thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. You're in charge. You're in charge. We say yes to you.
in whom the fullness of God dwells bodily, everything we need, all treasures of wisdom and knowledge are in you. We come to you, Lord Jesus. We rest our case in you. We pray that you would give us rest this night. We pray that you would allow people who haven't slept well, sleep well tonight. We pray that they would rest in the comfort of your love and your peace. So we're going to provide ministry up front. We know many of you have had ministry, but we'll continue. We'll, we'll continue the prayer here. We have a newbie uh, evening. Did we have some newbies here tonight, some new people? So if there are new people, we'd like to meet you upstairs and have some time with you. So we'll just, for, for just for now, turn to somebody near you and pray something into their heart, something of hope something of encouragement, just a, a prayer next to you, and then we'll have people up front that are available to pray with you, and there's food upstairs, so you're welcome to stay as long as you wish and uh, fellowship with others.